I don't want to hear about the stuff. I don't want to hear the Croatian stuff. Episode 163, and it's me, Gary P, of course, and the prof, Carl Riley. We're a bit more lively this week, Gary. A little bit, yeah, even though we are in a glass case of sweat and emotion. <laughs> it is, no, I think it's 25 degrees, prof. The Guinness is helping. Yeah, it's so hot, I had to stop off and get points. We went we went to the profs, our pals, Bruin, and just general debauchery partners, the four profs. Um, plus, probably a bit of news as well, with our, with our green ribbon beards. Gaining a bit of momentum, we're starting to design the labels as well. If anybody wants to give us a shout with the creative process, definitely do. But we're uh, we're discussing how we want it. We have a few mock-ups here. We're getting really excited about it. But um, yeah, great to be back, Prof. And we're going to talk about our Champions League heartbreak. Uh, oh, we actually have sponsors to talk about first. That's that's the first thing. Lesser credit, of course. Um, when it's not your day and you need some money, they got your back. Yeah, no, that's okay. Like I said, they are. They're great guys. Check them out uh, onto their website. And they've got loads of schemes and deals and everything that you need. If you need that and done around the house, like we said before, plumbers, security systems, all these things, um, they're uh, they're freely available with... Um, Widely available, not freely available, widely available with Leinster Credit, so check them out. And we've got Ocean Electrical, of course, sponsors for life. Great guys, always looking after us. Uh, they do all sorts of contracts for big companies, small companies, anyone, you name it. They look after your electrical needs, construction, the whole lot. Really, really great guys. And of course, the four provinces for looking after us with some sweet nectar of the gods. <laughs> we're uh, we're supping on the Guinness here and it's actually going down a tree. Prof is in his underpants. I'm uh, just about wearing a towel <laughs> at this. It's that warm. I was genuinely threatening to record this in my underpants. I was just, I was just saying to Gary, I was like, has to be done. His cat's walking around stone after getting a tooth out. And it's actually nice to me now, so I recommend you give your cat more drugs. Just couldn't stop sweating the last two oh, hours. God, it's no. ridiculous. It's bad, but it's great to see the crowds out as well. There's loads of people out having outdoor drinks, so it's lovely. It's nice. But we're going to talk about a Champions League heartbreak on Tuesday and look ahead to the Brandywell on Friday. Happy hunting ground lately. Have I put a jinx on a prof already? There's an interview with SRFC TV commentators Con Murphy and Graham Gartland. So this is uh, this is going to go down as one of the better interviews, I reckon. We're going to li- listen back to Tifty's hotlines in a while, and they're going to... They're gonna say how good this one was, but Graham yeah. Gartland, he's just uh, <clears throat> I think he's he's just a nice fella, isn't he? He's just a nice bloke. You could listen to him for hours. Yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those who, you, like, I was expecting him to just whip out the banjo and go, "Here's that old song for you." A real old school <laughs> Dubliner, you know. How was your uh, non-football week, Gar? I'm trying to initiate some small talk here. Um, 
stopping the kids wrestling each other at nine in the morning because they're off school that's pretty much and I'm on the nights as well so I'm just waking up and I'm like shut up stop stop fighting so just a normal so week it's the other. small things though it's the small things it's like Moya will come in Moya's seven Jane's eleven Moya will come in and go Jane's sticking his tongue out at me and he'll come in and he'll be like I'm not I'm not but then while he's saying he's not he's going mm. So just the little things, the little things that they're just doing each other's head in, in turn doing my head in, yeah. and then there's all sorts going on. I can't relate to this at all, Gar. No, Crumlin's most eligible bachelor. <laughs> um, so uh, give us your small we, talk, come on. Remember you were slagging off. Remember you were slagging off the cinema. Uh, I don't know when this. It was around the time when. The government announced their plans to reopen things. And yeah, it was like, I don't think I was slagging it off. It was cinema was kind of one of the early ones. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And looking back now, someone had a go. It might be Fielder. Fielder was it? Yeah, Fielder. I feel like know, I should have yeah. stood up for the old cinema because I'm a fan. Yeah, it is. I get, it. I get you, I get you. But I was just, I think what I was trying to say is that it's possibly a, it's dying now. You know what mm. I mean? And I don't want it to die out, obviously. But I don't think it's in the top. I love it now. In fairness. Funnily enough, small talk, I'm going to see Space Jam, I think on Monday, the new one, <laughs> which we can relate to, that was one of our favourite films yeah. growing up, but Maya said it to me, she said, can we actually go to the cinema? And I was like, yeah, okay, there's no problem, but they never ask, not really bothered, everything's available online, yeah. through Plex, all these sites, but I do, it's, it is a, it's a, it's a cultural um, thing really to go to the cinema and spend a couple of hours with family, but now I just think it's possibly dying out, you know? But what, what did you what did you go and see, Prof? Well, went, what dragged you to the cinema actually? Well, I went for the first time since COVID, and if you remember, around the time COVID happened, Quiet Place Two was supposed to come out, and they decided to hold it off yeah. all this time because it's much better theatre experience. So I finally saw that, and sure enough, who did I see going in just before me in the Rat Mines Omniplex? Jose. Oh, Jose with the Stella, was it? Uh, no, not to sell the Omniplex just down the road. The Stella's a classy affair yeah. now, Prof. It's a classy affair. So I wonder what he was going to say. You'll have to ask him about that. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the non-football talk for the week, Prof. Um, yeah, the, the hotline last week. Hanging us out to dry at times, but some very, very <laughs> memorable stories. Tommy, Tommy Darby buried <laughs> you. I, do you know what? In fairness, yeah, he did. He buried me. I, re- I, remember, I remember just before that, drinking with the, with the Russians. They were, do you remember? They were saying, I remember the Russians, we want to yeah. get some Kilkenny. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, we want, would to get the Kilkenny? Like, what the fuck is he saying? Like, What's a Kilkenny? <laughs> I went up to the bar and says, here. And he was ordering Kilkenny draft, the, the stout. And I was going, ah, Kilkenny, yeah, Kilkenny. Like, no. <laughs> and then we're doing some bouquet and all sorts of that. And then that's when I met Tommy. <laughs> yeah. So it's just bad timing. Or yeah, yeah. It was not normally yeah. like that. You know yourself, Prof. As for the question of people's favourite interviews, uh, Winston got a lot of love, actually. He got a lot of love, yeah. I think it's um, the fact that the players keep going and keep going ahead with it. And you know what I mean? Do you know, like It's yeah. the fact that, that they keep, not humouring them, but they're going along with it. I literally, on like for for Finner and, uh, and, and Shazi and Terry Palmer, I only give them a heads up on the morning. So up until the morning, they think it's going to be me. And then on the morning, I say, Can't make it. Actually, uh, our friend Winston is going to do it on our behalf. And he, he's a bit of fun. Eh? Yeah. No, no need to be worried now. That's it. And then the, the Zoom comes on and Winston's wearing the mask. And they're thinking, 
what have what I got with it? Bollocks, I can't, it's too late to pull the plug now. Carol <laughs> um, Kearns gave Thanos a mention. If Thanos um, is brilliant. I think we're officially mates now with Thanos yeah. because he's that type of guy, isn't he? Yeah. I love his Twitter. He's taking the piss out of people. He's calling football how it should be. He's definitely, mm-hmm. definitely, we can adopt him as a hoop. He got some praise as well on uh, on Twitter from Emma Wheatley and Alabama Hoop. So yeah. a lot of people were a fan of that segment. We're going to have to get um, Peter Zagalbo on as well, the guy who commentated in the game. I'm nearly sure that's the name that popped up when we were in the points. Of the guy who sounded like James Richardson, the English accent, but oh, it doesn't right. sound, he's a Slovakian, you know, you wouldn't know, but we'll try and find out who he is. Well, uh, we were. We've been messaging um, Thanos a little bit after the after Tuesday, and you said something to him about Vice the way he celebrated. Yeah, I thought it was a bit much. You know, a lot of yeah. kids, and he's giving it the large one in the main stand. Get a mm. grip, man. Well, he replied to that, and he said, "He said Vice is a messed up person. Uh, it's not just that he's a random twat. He has deep issues. He's famous for driving drunk, Ooh. then pretending to the police that he was simply sitting on the lap of a driver." Uh, a few months ago, a video circulated where he is completely wasted, along with the Slovan owner, and they hug each other while being totally drunk. I think maybe he even cries. Then the Slovan owner just takes the piss in the middle of the street. Takes that piss. Takes that piss in yeah. the middle of the street. He is pure garbage, says Thanos. Yeah, that sounds about right. That, that's I'd probably sum up voice, wouldn't it? Horrible fella, man. You couldn't go near him. Something to Pico about him as well. Pico said you literally couldn't put your hands on him. He'd be whinging and crying and yeah. just a horrible fella. So, um, Prof, our rivals. Friday, I'm in love. Yeah, are I, you caught up or what? I've officially caught. I've not heard um, this morning's one. Recording on Thursday here, but like I missed the two. I've caught up the two that you were talking to me about last week, where Dale was disappointed that you shit on his ass. Uh, Adele effort. Shout all over it. Yeah. His his Adam's family one was bet for, for scales was better. Yeah. The only problem with that is it just made me think of Dundalk. That's it that's what we were saying, wasn't it? We were yeah. singing it in the stands against Dundalk, so Yeah. We'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah. We might end up being friends, prof. But will you just stop starting rows of people <laughs> on my behalf? Like it was Bill Gleason, Joey O'Brien. Are you getting the backlash now? Now Dale. <laughs> Between the stripes, I don't. I don't care about them. You can start rows with them. That's fine. But uh, yeah, I want to be friends, Gar. No, no, prof. We're in this together. Yeah. We're a duo. I will, I will say this about Dale, Gar. I cannot believe he asked Liam. Do you not want League of Ireland clubs, other League of Ireland clubs, to do well in Europe? No. And thank never. God, Liam set him straight. Never. No, it, don't, it doesn't matter what way you look at it. Mm. The coefficients, all that shit, mm. doesn't matter. You do not want them to do well. Simple. I have a little task for you next week. We mate. actually we're recording right as bowls are playing. Do we have a score? That's right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll might be finished by the time we record. Can we get so. an old ding every time every time the ball <laughs> comes in? And we'll see what happens. Go on. I have a little task for Liam. Right. Okay. Next week, I want you to explain. Oh, you have to say his full name and pronounce it properly. No, it's Liam. <laughs> I want you to explain the hashtag LOI family to Dale. Why they're all weirdos, and why we want nothing to do with them. Exactly. Theirs won't be a mailbag. Yes. Explain why Rovers I want nothing to do with that inbred LOI family. That's what the, that's what you need to do, Liam. Yep. Liam Regan Gimarangs. <laughs> Say it, prof. So we are gonna move on. We got beat by Slow Brazil. Oh we beat Slow Brazil two on Talent, but last three, two on aggregate. And Joey O'Brien, Danny Mandruyu and Bork all came back into the team, but Finner switched it to right wing back. Once again, hashtag Brads are listens. 
pretty much picked off the team that was there. Mm-hmm. Bar Greener, I think, as well. Greener was the only omission, I think, that we got wrong. We got Joey Wright. We had Finn Wright back. Um, mm-hmm. Champions League music in Tala for the first time, Prof. Nine years. Brilliant stuff. Sounded epic. Yeah. Uh, Dan on the PA with his Slovak pronunciations. I think he did pretty well, actually. He did, um, he did well. Something I forgot to mention in the previous podcast was that when we played Dundalk, <laughs> Dan skipped through the Dundalk team like 100 miles an hour and just <laughs> called out their surnames. So he just went like, the Dundalk team tonight, Abibi, Hoban, McAlady. And it's like, and the Shamrock Grovers team. And then he slowed down. That was great stuff from uh, from Dan. You look a bit of shithousery, don't we? As for Joey... Uh, you could tell early on in the first half how much we've missed his influence on games. Just the, it's the way organisation more than anything, really, isn't just, it? As soon as he started barking, I thought, "Ah, oh, we've missed this. We've missed our Er Kalini." Yes, great yeah. show. Great I, I wouldn't say he just shouts to Burke. Shoy pass. <laughs> <laughs> like who else? Bees. Is, <laughs> who else is going to say that to Burke? You like it's amazing. Shoy pass. <laughs> I love the. We'll actually talk about Bork and oil. I liked Mr. Gartland's take on Bork and how we play when he's in the team and how we play when he don't. Um, tactically, he's been spot on about that. But yeah, so when we wanted a goal, Prof. Just um, before the goal, I just want to mention I was actually in the uh, East Stand for the first time wow. since 2018. Mm. First time since the South Stand opened. And sure enough, first thing I had to do was I had to cover my eyes from, from the, the sun. sun. And then the memories came back. I was like, oh, this remember is, this. This is why. Every <laughs> week. But, um, yeah, before we before the penalty, there was a couple of half chances early on. There was one where we were high up the pitch and then Pico kind of kicked the air and he got caught out and then they broke from their own half with uh, Henty, but then he shot wide. He, I have to say, yeah. over the two legs, he's garbage. I think he's terrible. I think he just... I thought he was, not, a, he was not, a handful. Ah, he just clumsy and just not with it at all. I don't I didn't think he was great now. He certainly wasn't as good as, as um, Rattel, Rattel or, yeah. or number 10. But. Or as um, Thanos says, couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. <laughs> I didn't know that one translated to Greek and, and Slovakian. But yeah, so Gary O'Neill, there was debate over who actually put the ball in, but Gary O'Neill was a fucking masterclass in this. Where where has this uh, penetrating midfielder been? Like, that pass, absolutely brilliant. He was going forward oh. constantly, left. Like, he was brilliant. The pass was such a penetrating pass. Broke I love the way perfect. he did. Inch perfect, wasn't it? Was it was a cut inside yeah. pass. It was a bit of a blind one as well. He didn't yeah. expect it. And yeah. Borky just takes the touch. The second he took the touch, I was like, yes, penalty. All day, all day, and then Borky slots it away. Very, very uh, smooth way of slotting it away. Kind of. Do you know, do you know how um, early the keeper dived for yeah. his penalty? Stupid, ridiculous. He was gone. Borky early. just passed it into the net. Like, started make you think, yeah. wouldn't it? So this was sixteen minutes. Great start and game on. Yeah. Absolutely one nil. Game and, uh, on. So we have one record set here now because. Graham Burke became our all-time top goal scorer in Europe. That's amazing. Five goals. And I'll just mention this now while I'm talking about records. Stephen Bradley has now won five European games. This was coming. As manager, which is a record. He over, he's overtaken John Giles. You were talking about this, remember? Who won four. 
We were wondering when this was going to happen. And then we were yeah. talking about Finn possibly breaking our European record, am I right? Oh, Finn broke it that, uh, he broke it. a couple of years ago. Johnny Fulham. Uh, way to Varane, he brought that. Um, he's actually won six games in 90 minutes, if you count AIK. Yeah, true. There you which go. we do. We, ca- we count so, all these. He's just, in terms of ties won, he's still level with Michael Neal. He's won three. So that's the only record left to break. Uh, 19 minute prof. With another double save. Um, this was a swerver of a shot from outside the box. I thought I hit the bar first, but Al it took a little swerve, did well to save it. When he got back down, I just thought oh, this, they're getting buried. But it was a typical Alamanis double save, palmed out as well. Because yeah. normally keepers might palm it into the path of an opposition player. Well palmed out and um, brilliant stuff. I was thinking we might be vulnerable here after taking the early lead. Yeah. So I was kind of nervous, and so this was an important save. And but aside from this chance here, the chances they created were actually kind of our own making because we were playing out the back a lot and getting in trouble a few times. We literally nearly shot ourselves in the foot most times. There was one from Al where he tried to pass the towel, and then that set up a chance for them. Um, so it wasn't like Slovan's good player ending. It was just no. that pressure making making a wrong downfall really, and it wasn't mm. it wasn't even their pressure. It was us. Because pressure from them is a, is a tactic, so it's good from them. It's more about our, um, la- not laziness, but just our sloppiness and giving the ball away in our own half. Because mm. last year we rarely done that. There was an interview with Al during the week, actually. He said it's all about motivation for him as to when he'll eventually move on or retire. He says when he loses motivation, he'll know. And if you remember back in the Bradzer cast, uh, the gaffer was saying that he only came back to Rawers. For the challenge of our style of football. Yeah, we challenged him because he had to be mm. better on it with the ball at his feet, which we mm. did get put under pressure quite a few times by mm. Al and this season in general mm. with his poor kickouts and the poor um, with the ball at his feet. So maybe there's something you think he can keep improving on and get better. Well, that's why he's still here at 39, that motivation. That's why he's willing to drive up and down to Belfast for training every morning. Yep, definitely, yeah. So. Um, great stuff from Al and then nothing really this, the first half alone like I mean some some of the decisions like I said the, the ref was just he was just, he was letting the game flow but to a point where it was it was madness at, at times where the players were kind of picking their own throw-ins and mm. they were just pick up a ball and throw and like even I think it was the, was the first half the first half Henty had a shot and a hit off blatantly off Joey's inside of his leg and it took a massive deflection went down for a corner Hendy ended up getting him booked mm. for protesting it was a blatant corner how he how he didn't see it or the line was beyond me there was quite a few 50-50s that went their way and but then by the second half it was just like for fuck's sake yeah. it just kept happening it was like 8 or 9 decisions where you're scratching your head all these decisions going or the away. lack of decision making as well yeah he was quite indecisive like he was slow to give decisions yeah Linos were it's like they were terrified it's like they had some Slovakian sniper on their back you know <laughs> you'd know well the mafia were there the mafia were there yeah I think who was who was talking somebody said Peter Madden was chatting away to someone in the stand he was like so what's your role with the club he was like I own it <laughs> I own club no I own you take, take his organs <laughs> if he dies he dies <laughs> organs so. go to Slovakia so great first half performance. Yeah, brilliant. Going in there buzzing. Buzzing. And uh, So in terms of early on second half, this summed up Liam Scales for me. 
Now you you, you could have a debate who was man the match scales or Gary O'Neill, and I wouldn't I wouldn't put up much scales of a fight. Scales looked so good, didn't he? Oh, he was class, assured, classy, intelligent. What Thunderbus game was this five minutes or so before Tell's goal? Yeah, there was a cross field ball done, probably by I think it was by Gary O'Neill actually, and in one touch, he's taken a pass as man. And he's on the edge of the box. Did, and then didn't he get the ball again? Yeah. He got it again after that, didn't he? He got it again after that. Nice little move. And then it ended up with Finn. Drilled the ball oh, near yes. post. Keeper I, saved it. Tell me this. When Burke gets that ball, I would give you a thousand euro on the spot if he had to pass that. Right there, if we could pause time. Remember that show years ago we had to watch? He had to watch and he could click and he could stop time. I can't remember the name of it. I used to love it. Kids program, right? If you could click that watch and stop time, I'd give you everything I have, every penny I own, and say, Bork's going to score or have a shot here. You'd never, ever guess that he would have laid that ball off. No, you're 100% right. Unbelievable. And that, and that's when you want Bork to shoot in there, cutting in top mm. corner. He's done it so many times. I couldn't believe it. But Finn got a good shot off and forced a save. So, yeah. So it was, um, when when that happens, you know, when you start when you start feeling it, feeling it it's like, come on, come on. You know, the crowd is... <laughs> Pushing on the on the team. Yeah, we had all the momentum at this stage. So we, we had a nice little spell at the start of the second half. Like we said after superb first half, they were looking rattled. Big time. Mm. So then you're kind of thinking, we're playing so well here. Maybe the heat was a bigger factor than we realised in man. the first leg. It's hard to acclimatise to 30 odd degrees. When you're used to sitting here in 14, max, when that's your, mm. then you have your shorts out and you're on the beach, you think <laughs> you're getting a tan. Like that's that's the thing, but with the, with top of the goal, prof. I think Gaffney reminds me of like a prized mare that's <laughs> that's won all sorts of like grand nationals and hurdle races, and he's just unbelievable. The way he trots, the way he runs at people. Do you ever see those runs he makes? I know. He just gallops. His his stride is massive. I love the way his arms move. It's yeah. just all action. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a, like it's like uh, Captain Fucking America or something. <laughs> It's mad strides, and then he took the ball on the right hand side, spotted the pass, and had the audacity outside the footpath. Outside of the foot, pinger. Was this a ping? Are we gonna get into this ping chip lob dink. Well, let's, let's not go there. It was a bit of a ping outside of the outside of the foot ping, and straight. To, and do you know what? Do you know what? The, know what the brilliant thing about this was, right? When Tell took his touch, he had yeah. all the time in the world to set himself. He took this like a penal. He took a touch and then he took a step back and a yeah. big, big, wide fucking lunge and then buried the top corner. Like it was a mad, it was mad the amount of time he had. Yeah. Like he took a, such a, watch the way he strikes the ball, takes a step back and then just it unleashes a rocket. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. The Rovers win the ball back. Danny Manchin. Gary O'Neill wins the ball back. For Rovers plays out far side to Gaffney. Gaffney plays it inside. Plays it. Richie Tell. Absolutely stunning goal by Richie Tell. 
Uh, I couldn't believe this went in. <laughs> Q Mayhem in the South Stand. Lukey Richardson. Uh, I reckon he's going to be in the Grand National with Gaffney after him leaping the barriers like that. <laughs> he was this close to clipping the bar and just going tumbling. He was so close to breaking a couple of bones. But yeah. it was brilliant. It was tells, unreal. Tells hugging the kids as well. Absolutely no hugging going on. That's against COVID Sorry, no, no. Too, no too, nothing happened. He just... Two mirrors apart. He gave a little kiss to the wife, opened the E stand, yeah. and then that was it. Back into the starting positions. Charlie Ho, chaps. Let's go again. <laughs> so this, like, this is only Tell's third game. <coughs> and like, he's nowhere near got going yet. Mm. And he's got his first goal. He was goal. a bit better though. This is his best he performance was. so far. And I just think... Like th- oh, I got so excited when he scored like, and I was thinking this is him he's back it's like when a wrestler you haven't yeah. seen for years when you were growing up he's been missing for two years and then someone comes back you've loved him before he comes then you hear the music it's like Stone Cold entering you're like oh my god he's back it's <laughs> actually him well it was the in, oh, in terms of I mean like Berkey's goal against Boslov I think we were were we 3-2 down or 2-1 down or some of the time 2-0 uh, down I think and then but um, like in terms of a grey strike and what it meant as a goal in Tala, that is up there with one of the great moments. A clean, clean strike, I think is the best way to describe that. A pure, clean strike. It was fabulous. Because like, against all odds, we, we had done the Harbour. We had levelled the tie in aggregate, which not many people saw coming, myself included, to be mm. honest. Like... We had risen to the level of those Bran and, and Apollon wins at home a couple of years ago. Which you were thinking, could we do that again because Jack Byrne was so instrumental in those two wins. Yeah. But you you mentioned the players like Scales, Gary O'Neill, Gaffney, they all stepped up. They were excellent. I can't wait to see Gaffney play again, man. It's just, he's just, like you've been saying all season, you've been championing mm-hmm. him all season. He's mm-hmm. just so good to watch. I love watching him. Yeah. I really do. I, I adore Liam Scales, but Gaffney has been my favourite player for quite a while I now. I love those runs. Yeah. They're just he he just gallops. It's a str- it's strange, isn't it? There's no real there's it's not pace, like it's a different type of pace. It's a gallop. Real long strides, deadly. <laughs> so the subs prof. Well just before the subs we had uh the Mako, is that how you pronounce his name? He shot wide. Oh yeah, he was the one who came in for didn't they start him instead of Rabiu? He brought Voice in, and I don't think he started the first leg either. So Voice, mm. once again, Gartland again. Gartland was was brilliant. Um, I thought they should have started Rabiu and put him in the middle, and then put Voice on the right because your man DeMarco, uh, he didn't do much for me. But yeah, it's great yeah. to hear Graham Graham with his was his uh, analysis again. Yeah, Voice and Rateau, uh they were looking dangerous in the box. In fairness, yeah, Rateau so kept cutting in from the left. Yeah, they were starting and, to come at us at this point. And as you were about to say there, we had the substitution. Gary Neal. Gary Neal, was he booked? Like, yeah, he, he was, was on, he booked. was on a yellow. Yeah. He was good at the come off, but it had to be done with with the yellow. He was having a fantastic game. I think game he nearly well. got sent off at one point, didn't One he? of his best game in the hoops. And I really can't believe this partnership is what we were talking about. He was unreal. We were talking about him having somebody with him that he can gel with. And it's happening now at the minute. So Watts came in, Watts came on, and he was bright. I mean, he's going to be gunning for this team now as well. He's mm-hmm. going to want to start down. I think Watts could potentially take Borky's place because Borky tends to, if you if, like, Borky tends to slow the game down slightly. It's a, it's a contest, I think, between Watts, Borky, and Mandroyo. Yeah, I'd be starting Mandroyo now. 
that Danny wasn't wasn't fantastic in this one, but I think he has a lot to to show us. But Borky, Borky could possibly be dropped because the game is being slowed down, and then we start to play in front of them, and that's when they are just able to sit in and then defend us and nick the ball and do whatever they need to do to to stifle our attacks. I think we move the ball a lot quicker when Borky's not in the team. Mm, controversial. I know. I know. But uh, you'd Hall for Green as well, and you'd O'Brien Patel. So that was after the goal. Now those two subs, but uh, so seventy-two minutes was their goal. Yeah, voice, um, absolute uh, robbery, daylight robbery, lie, cheat, steal, absolutely shocking decision from the from the ref. Yeah, do you know the Slovan put up their own highlights, and it's an unflattering angle because from that angle, actually, just looks like Pigo slips. Yeah. So you don't see the sneaky... That's where people are forming their opinions yeah, on that one. You don't see the sneaky forearm. But, uh, a barge in the back is a free. But like, the, it's simple, what bro. Makes you, what frustrates you is those are the sort of decisions that Slovan were getting on night. Yeah. And like, Pico's not going to go down there for no reason. I see people saying oh, he should be stronger or something. But like, he's, Someone barges yeah. you in the back mm. in that position and you go then You might not be able to hold on to your balance like, it's a foul. Mm. Simple. Possibly offside as well. I'll have to look at that. I'll have to look at that but, one. Um, now there is some time that passes between that and the goal. So you could you could absolutely say we, we could defend the goal better. Watson Joey slide to the ground nearly in sync. I don't know if you saw the highlight. I did. Our highlight just went up a few hours ago. The last just went yeah. It was like yeah. they were in the, water, in the, the aquatic centre. Yeah. Like, Watts <laughs> just went Fium! I was like, oh, yeah. stay up Watson. Like, so then Voice turns around Pigo and he buries it. I'll be honest again, this reminds me of the second goal over there. He shouldn't have got that shot off. We three defenders there. It's like similar to the ball that got squared in for their second goal. Shouldn't have got anywhere near. Like they we three defenders there, like pretty much yeah. in front of him. Very frustrating. It was robbery. Absolute robbery, but we Cheating didn't have- Croat. Cheeky fucking Croat. Cheating Croat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But we'd heart and green. I came on for O'Brien and Tell as well. But good souls once again. Um, can't see Hor getting back into this team if we decide to keep the team the way it is. I don't think he's going to get back in. And uh, Unless any more fitness issues with Joey or Pico International duty, no, I don't think so. Mm. So, chances to win it last 20 minutes. Um, Pico with a Pico header. We had, yeah, nine minutes to go. We had... Pico header from a set piece to keep her clawed it away. Yeah, yeah. Probably that was probably the best one. Interestingly, at this point, the away goals being abolished helped us because we're looking to win three we one. Shitting all over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two minutes to go, you had a greener kind of flicked header from Horace Cross that just went over. Yeah, I think that should have been. And that ended up being it came off one of their players as well. It did, yeah. And then from the resulting corner, I think it was, you had scales near post header going over the bar so we did a few chances to win it we were very unlucky honestly at 2-0 I just thought to myself these are toast these are done we really really had them on oh. the ropes until we got fucked over the least the we deserve is extra time yeah absolutely can't believe we didn't get extra time after that outstanding performance yeah so the players put stand innovation from the sales of course absolutely uh, brilliant performance but once again, we do get fed up with moral victories. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't use that word. It's 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 a it's a fucking it's a pain in the arse at this stage. It. But uh, yeah, big stand ovation. 
the crowd on the crowd was unreal i mean it sounded like a lot more than 1500 on the night and players definitely fed off that energy throughout the game and we were also gutted but at the same time it was we had just seen such an enjoyable game it was a cracking game of football and Gary, i'm sorry to rub this in but have you now missed bran apollon and slovan home wins what are you playing at listen things happen things happen prop um where was it bran i was away apollon i was away this one i just couldn't get over it was one of those things ended up watching it fucking traveling while i was doing what i had to do um but no yeah it is like sometimes you just can't get to a game like you've got fucking priorities with family and stuff like that but um I still had the stream on and it was once again before we last week I was saying I'd love to actually watch a game I picked the wrong one but I had to watch mm-hmm. it on mm-hmm. on the LOI but it was uh, the lads were top top class brilliant brilliant production again and might as well have, obviously not might as well have been there but it was just as just as mm-hmm. good like it was brilliant but everyone heartbroken uh, really was it's, uh, it's a killer it is it's a stinger especially when you deserve to go through and you've played better but the man the match prop for you for me I, I thought Gaffney was brilliant I ran all day and made trouble for them. Gary O'Neill was excellent that he was taken off. Scales was outrageous. Scales was brilliant. Very and hard to pick And the last 20 minutes, he was our most dangerous player. He looked like The goal looked like it would come from him. You nearly put him in the hole just for the crack. <laughs> Stick him in there and see how he gets on. In the hole, you say? <laughs> but, um... <coughs> yeah, you're, you left the game feeling robbed, but you were blown away by how good that performance was and you were just thinking this bodes well for the rest of the season and will it you have our usual kick on yes will we kick on as usual we've done this a few we've times before a few times. that's what we need to but, do but um, yeah Pock you to go out through like a bad refereeing decision like that yeah and Brad's elaborating yeah. on that Brad's said it's an awful decision that cost us because they were done you could see that they were done on the pitch and from their bench. Physically, they were done. The forward officials are saying foul as the game's going on because he sees the forward push him, but the ref doesn't listen to him for such a big decision. It's an awful decision, and Bradzer is definitely right. We had the Slovakian mm. mafia lurking outside the ground. They didn't <laughs> look too happy. Prop black Mercedes, <laughs> lots of uh, leather jackets, and very, very uh, grim-looking fellas getting the fright of their lives. Never seen Bradzer that angry at a ref on the pitch. It's a bad, ball. yeah. Yeah, he was furious. But um, the Slovan boss admitted that Rovers were the better team as well. They play fantastic, aggressive with confidence and good character and a lot of patience. I don't think he'd have been saying that if we had it went through. So it's easy for no. him. Plus, no, we I haven't included it in the quote there, but he also used a bunch of stupid Irish football cliches. Like none of them which would apply to what we saw on Tuesday. You yeah. know, like fighting and all that stuff. Like we played them off the pitch. It wasn't... Jack Charlton stuff genuinely really good to watch and it's, the, it's probably one of the best performances all season you know we haven't, haven't really played like that this season well our, our top three performances are really easy to do in order I think it's number one Tuesday yeah number two Dundalk yeah number three Derry Away yeah that's it that's exactly it and there's nothing else really near that either no everything else has been mediocre we leave Whelan prof of the Pines Mafia fame and he says whether or not Lopez was fell the game was swinging our way for nearly the entire game and Tell's goal was well fought for so proud of the lads who will continue to play this way and go for the league with stronger hearts knowing that they are truly capable now and I'm hoping that is the mental block possibly that had been within the squad of where 
it just wasn't clicking for a while. Hopefully that has been erased and we can move on and start playing well like mm-hmm. we usually do and kick on after Europe. But the Ultras Prof, their singing section has moved to the South Stand, so it's been a, a massive success, I think. Um, I think it's because it's it's shorter. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of more mm-hmm. together. I can't wait to get a full South Stand again. Well, if you remember, there was a debate on, on Facebook about is this <coughs> a good idea? And it was Paul McGrath who started this thread after the game saying, you know, clearly this has has been the right move. And he said... Famous Paul McGrath or Origin International Paul McGrath? Why do you need clarification this every There's week? There's two, Prof. Granted, we did get him on Twitter wishing, him, wishing us luck before the tie, but other than that, I don't think he's on our Facebook. But, uh, so, Paul, he said... I don't think it's a coincidence our best performances in Europe since our move to Tallinn coincide with the opening of the South Stand. Bran, the Cypriots and Tuesday were dominating performances much better than the level of performances against, say, Flora Tallinn, OzBK, Akranis, Rop, Spodislav, AIK and even Copenhagen. Very observant mm-hmm. and valid point. That is a great show and we just seem to play better in Europe when we're going in mm-hmm. to the South Stand. And Great one, show, Polly. And one more note on our friend Ua. He says, he said this a while ago. He's, he's been on eleven European away trips and never seen us win. Wow. Yep. Never. Oh, stinger, stinger. We'll get there, Polly. Yeah. We'll get there. There was a bad streak like that as well. I think it was Peter Murphy before Grenadies four in a row. Before Starnan, I think he said. He, I remember seeing him that day, and he said he had seen twelve. And no wins. That's brutal. 12. Jesus. Yeah. But nevertheless, Prof, our European adventure continues in a few weeks' time. The Europa Conference League and a couple of results in and around tonight will have probably determined our opponents. And it, I think Dynamo Zagreb are in there. Shakhtar Soligorsk. We've got Fola Esch, like, like the, 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 the Prof, the, the, the teams. Fola Esch, we, we the team to, that Lincoln Redems beat 5 0. We, we need to be beating these. Which shows you. Seeding is we, so important. We need to be beating this next team. Like, we're gonna get a favourable draw. I, I, I think, just from from the way we performed against Sloven and these teams that were coming up, I like it's a favourable draw. I think it will mm. be. But well, it's, let's hope we get a bit of luck with it. Like fucking Dundalk, get with every draw uh, ever. Oh, that's wrecking my head. By the way, every draw. Those ever. draws they're getting. So I'm, I'm hoping we get some sort of favourable draw here. Mm. It's an open draw, as far as I know. Uh, it's on Monday we're still in the champions path so we're only going to face champions from countries teams that lost along with us in this yeah, round I think. yeah yeah Cork guy yeah. and work Cork City guy he was saying he was saying we're going to we're, because the results were unseeded so he was fairly sure he goes no no no, no it's, that's you're unseeded you're unseeded now so I don't know I, I'm mm-hmm. not too sure uh, I think we get uh, a, a 0.5 for the L co- coefficients from yeah. the boy. Uh, I don't think he'd get points anymore for winning these single games. Which is a shame because we've won a few yeah. single games. And uh, But that 0.5, that would be massive if next year that got us seeded. Mm. Because that is crucial. Shows you why Daniel Fulham is absolutely yeah. obsessed with it. He knows yeah. the stuff. And then even when... Cork City guy was talking last night he was talking about coefficients and after like two minutes I was just like oh my god I'm, he's speaking Japanese here <laughs> like it's it's hard to get if you don't if you can't get your head around it I just don't follow until I wait for Dan to say 
To confirm we're seated or not seated. That's it, yeah. Let him do all the maths. But Prof, as we are recording this, there is... Oh, um, I was watching a bit of Sligo earlier on and that's a poor, poor performance and a bad B. That's a bad B for Sligo. 2-0 at home was the last score I saw. 3-0 in aggregate. That's not great. And then we have Bowes. They're winning 2-0. 2-0, so it's looking good for Bowes. They've got Georgie Kelly. Baldy pass. So that's them. 15 minutes left, so... 3-1 up, so that's them. That's, that's pretty much Bowes going through. So what does Sligo finish? 2-0, is it? Sligo finished 2-0, as far as I know. As far as I know, yeah. I had to leg it. I had to leg it with 15 minutes left, but they were, they didn't land a punch on them, so... Um, yeah. Anyway... So we've done Dundalk and Sligo as well. So we talked well, about Sligo, Dundalk, Dundalk, Walloping and Dundalk. On, uh, on the old Bowes gear. Uh, they had a certain flag made. Yeah. Now, now this... Jesus, you could come at this from all angles. <laughs> but who does that? Who does that? A weird And who makes it? Flagman wouldn't do That's that. Who. Flagman wouldn't do that. Definitely not. Flagman has class well, Flagman was approached to make an Akinadi one I've no sympathy for this chap at all and he said no he's getting hammered he is getting hammered he made but, a flag he had time to think about this yeah now we don't even know if he did it because he was the one holding it maybe got told mm-hmm. to hold it but other than that like I mean there's a there's a podcast I think it's called So You've Been Cancelled <laughs> and I, a Noel, Noel Cully Pats fan he was telling me about it so it delves deep into people who've been cancelled online, right? Oh, and interesting then, this. And, oh, yeah. This, I, was, I was fascinated talking to him. And then it delves deep into the people who've done the cancelling. And then it delves deep into the people who are delving deep into the people who've done the cancelling of the canceller. <laughs> so it it's just taking people apart. like it's So it delves deep into the cancelled mm. person. And the people who cancel them, they deep delve deep into them to make sure that they haven't done that wrong and if they do they'll say well you've cancelled this person we're going to cancel you because you said something similar eight years ago in a drunken tweet and it's <laughs> it just goes into the rabbit hole I so to it, a... there is a there is a, an effect that they could have like f- fair enough like he's been told now what I will say is I don't agree with how Bowles have handled it because you've had board members coming out on Twitter hey you're not welcome on the amount uh, you're, you're how about what you do is you release a statement and you distance yourself from the fan and anything that has to do with that flag, and then you go about your business. And you don't put it all over Twitter. And you don't wave your little hipster flute around like Lambert does and say, Oh you're not welcome at our club now. You 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 go about your business and you find you find out you do whatever you want to do, you release a public statement, I think that's it. I think the witch hunt for this fella publicly, what's the what's the what's the point? It shows unprofessionalism in my opinion, as board members who are doing that. They could just go about their business under the radar and do what they need to do. Yeah, I agree with that, Ari. I actually listened to a podcast recently debating whether or not cancel culture exists. and It exists in one place only, and that's online. And they were having a debate. One guy said there is, and one guy said there isn't. But I think it does exist. 100%. 100% exists. We can yeah. give you a prime example. Who's been who's been cancelled? Uh, your, your man who... Your man's officially been cancelled the head of Basketball Ireland. Oh, yeah. But did you see the tweet? That was phenomenal. Basketball head. Yeah. Uh, basketball head resigns over a tweet. And they're like, someone tweeted with me and said, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> you calling them that? Like, I know he's a weird shaped <laughs> head, but that's, that's uncalled for. But that type yeah. of thing, he's been cancelled. He's lost his yeah. job. He's lost all his income. I thought he was going to get away with that. Because basketball head, I don't even know what he said. A couple of weeks passed. What did he say? Nothing happened. I didn't even see it. Oh, he said... Um, 
after head. after Sterling won the penal, he wrote in all caps, "Black dives matter." Ah, that's not classy at all, is it? I think there was a meme got around on the night, but yeah. to actually just type it out and given his position, that's a mad thing to write. No. You don't do it, and even even that now. No, they're no, they're calling this flag locker room talk. They're using that term for the balls flag. For the balls one, yeah, locker yes. room talk. Like this is a yeah. this is some young one. Yeah. This is a yeah. girl who goes out with a footballer, and they're dragging her name into into what? Fair enough. The other argument is, and this is what I don't agree with, that they'll say, "Oh well, she's putting herself in the spotlight. She's an Instagrammer and stuff like that." That doesn't warrant abuse no. publicly. Fair enough, you might have your own opinions of it. You're not going to go and do that. You know what I mean? I saw some people saying she herself shouldn't have drawn attention to it, but I don't blame her. Oh, no, I think it needs to be addressed. Because it's 100% bullying. Like, that's someone's daughter and someone's girlfriend. and You yeah. know, something along the line. Put yourself in that yeah. situation if it's your daughter or your girlfriend. Yeah. And you've got people dragging up the past from... Not even the past. There's nothing to drag up, but just doing things like that a year. Like, what inspired that? Do you know what I mean? What inspired that? They probably thought it sounds good. Bows before holes before bows or whatever it is. Or bows before holes. That's exactly what it was. They thought that was hilarious. So Cormac Clancy Ruiz. Cormac Clancy. Is there ever a more bows sounding name than that? It's definitely cycles a penny farden. Definitely. Definitely drinks fair trade organic Peruvian loose leaf tea. <laughs> you'd, you'd never see a Rawers fan with a double barrel Portuguese flair sound a name who hosts a podcast. It would never happen. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I'm never, certainly not one prof couldn't pronounce. <laughs> See one of the boss uh, directors, he goes, Scarlet for his ma. Oh, what? Clancy! No, I think they I think they dealt with it all wrong. Um, and they'd be the first one to kind of give out stink about which one's online and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Considering how woke they are. But we will move on briefly, Prof. And we drew Callaway a home in the cup, in the cup, and that'll be played next week. Can we move this to the away? Can we give them the home advantage mm-hmm. and open the terraces? Open the Galway bar as well. Open the bar. Open or, the or locker room. What's it called? Locker room. Bar. Open the locker room. Yeah. Get the buses going. Bring down Michael D. Bring down Michael D. Get Joe's an address. <laughs> get um, Shawzy down. Get Shawzy down. He's fucking have a ball. Last minute winner again. Rovers fan and Galway. Galway. <laughs> Staying in his apartment after it. Um, yeah, so really, really, it'd be uh, the cup. The cup is great, prop. We love the cup. We love the cup. So the return of uh, Connor Curran to Tata. Mixed emotions. Yeah. I was. Uh, I certainly don't give him abuse when he's when he's in Tata. I just keep my mouth shut. Make sure you know. Stay stay neutral here, Gar. <laughs> don't say any names. I actually completely forgot about the cup. Yeah, you were saying that to me. Did you? you were like, "Fuck cup." Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't have keep track of it. I just knew it was coming, but I didn't know when. You know, I was. I mean, if we had beaten Slovan, then great. We're more Champions League football next week. But if we didn't win, I was actually looking forward to the week off the podcast. I know, yeah. <laughs> and now we have to come back and talk about going. We have to talk about shit again. Strange time for a draw as well. It was like six thirty on a Tuesday. I was going to say that to you, and I don't think they knew that we were actually playing. I think they were like, right, let's do the draw. They were like, fuck, Rose are actually playing in an hour. What are we going to do? Nice. Did you hear Johnny Ward on LOS Central this no, week? No, do you have a key? I heard he had a Keegan moment. Is that right? He said it's the toy of the round. Uh, Dan, Dan, Dan McDonald <laughs> insists that uh, is it Derry Drada? He, he kept saying that was the toy of the round. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, a lot of Leinster senior teams getting away with Leinster senior Leinster senior toys. Yeah. Minute like drawing four of them, wasn't it? Yeah, with Minute drawing Malahoy, that'd be a good mm. game. Malahoy are looking favourites in the Leinster senior league this year to retain their title. Although Moctis, prof, Moctis are going to be up there. They've got Gar McCaffrey up front. They think they still have Dean Kelly in their ranks as well. They're the two Brady brothers mm-hmm. from Crumlin as well. Crumlin have been decimated, but Ed Saul is there to revive them and resurrect them. But it's going to be a very interesting Leicester Senior League. It is anybody's. So, Johnny Warren says that's the biggest toy of the round. And he says he'd love it if they beat us. Need so, I remind sorry, Prof, Johnny... Just give me a minute here because I'm actually about to slip underneath the gap in the door <laughs> as, a, as a giant ball of sweat. <laughs> It is that warm. <laughs> Need I remind Johnny of the stats? Or will I save it for the next podcast? Please do not give us any encouraging stats before the cup. It's we Galway though. Don't. There's, yeah, and do you know what? There's it, no such thing as a jinx this, when it comes to Galway. It was Drogheda as well. Remember that? that that's water under the bridge. No, here. it's not. It's water over the bridge. Yeah. We might have a surprise guest and a surprise return next week of a world famous segment and I'll get in those stats uh, so we have the Underage Academy Prof we have the Roadstone Project we have uh, 3-0 19s beating Athlone out there 3-0 under 17s beating Galway out there good omen for the cup next week 1-0 we the women 17s absolutely trashing balls 5-0 hammering them in Daily Mount as well, well or wherever they playing as DCU and we the 15s We'd, uh, geez, oh, we went okay 8-0 that's not bad yeah just just uh, what 3 less than last week 11-2 it's becoming a bit of a topic now isn't it These it is yeah it is high score lines it's like what's the point of this and stuff but it happens everywhere it's going to happen in the cup as well yeah. next week in our cup as well it's going to happen it's like they are fair enough they are in the same league but provincially they're notoriously they're not fantastic do you know mm. what I mean it's going to happen like we could absolutely bounce off Galway 6-0 Whereas maybe, I don't know, one of the lesser Leinster Senior League teams could get bounced by the Forza Second or Forza Premier League team. You know, it's just the way it is. Mm. I don't think it's that much of a, deb- a debate. But we done the 14s. We had Garto's team, I believe. Carl- against Carlo and Kilkenny. Garto and Pat Flynn. And a 2 0 win out there. So you got to be happy with that. Apologies for the traffic outside, but the window just had to be opened. Like it had to be done. And it was like a black vortex just sucked all the condensation out of the room. We opened up the window, just went, ooh, ooh. <laughs> sucked all the fucking. Should have seen Gary earlier. Probably getting sucked out the window, it's that warm. Should have seen Gary earlier, he was clawing at my door for oxygen. He was like, please. <laughs> I, was, I was throwing the oxygen into my mouth. <laughs> it's fucking roasting. It's like, um, it's like we're drinking suds on the roof in fucking Shawshank. It's that warm. Uh, so, the, yeah, we have our fixtures coming up, Prof. And we have 18th of July in Drogheda's Head in the Game Park. Shamrock Rovers versus Drogs. It is the under-19s. And then in the Roadstone Academy, we have Rovers versus the Treaty United. That's the 17s. We have the 17s ladies. They're playing Donegal in the Roadstone as well. And then we have the 15s. This is all 18th and 17th of July. 18th of July, we have Wexford, the 15s, playing uh, Shamrock Rovers. And that is in um, Ferdy Carrick so it's down there that's a 12 o'clock kickoff Saturday 17th of July in the Roadstone 3pm kickoff with the 14th Garts boys playing Wexford as well so a jam packed you know what a, a day out of the Roadstone on a Saturday or Sunday you're going to get a lot of good football mm. in a lot of good football so 
brilliant stuff again from our young uh, whizzes and um, yeah so we're going to move on prof so uh, we have nine players called up this week to the Ireland under 18 training camp it's Sam Curtis John Ryan Justin Ferris Michael Lady Dan McGuinness Zara Abadad Tom Lee it's Carl Langs Mikey Raggett Club and Country Hashtag looking good. They're losing a lot of fucking losses, a lot of body weight there. You forgot the hashtag, dude. Hashtag, again. oh jeez. <laughs> but yeah, so some great. So Sam Courts, John Ryan, Justin Ferrazage, Michael Letty, Darren McGuinness, Zaid Abada, Tom Letus, Carl Lennox, Mikey Raggett. So uh, great. Um, nine players called up. Fantastic stuff. Really good. Um, Owen M on Twitter, prof. First time watching SRFC TV. Have to say the whole thing is A1. The streams, the replays, the graphics, the commentary, the halftime feature puts RT to shame. Really, really great effort by the club board. Every penny well done to all involved. And I absolutely love the camera angles. It just, at one stage, was one from the south stand and it just looked like an epic documentary. And I know I said that about Bowles before, but it was just brilliant. It was fantastic to watch. Angles, everything. Such, such a, such a thing to be proud of. Nice to have more than one on camera for a Absolutely change. brilliant. It really was. Class. Top class. And uh, we'll have to get the cameraman on, won't we, to talk about when they decide to pick certain angles <laughs> and when they decide, like Finn was taking a throw and there was an angle from the south stand focusing on him. It just looked brilliant. I want to know about that. How, when they mm. decide. Is there communication between them? You know, do they decide, I'm cutting to you now and then he'll, he'll say, go to Finn. You know, things like that. I'd love to know it. But uh, so on that note, between the fantastic production that is SRHC TV, Prof, we have Con Murphy and Graham Garland. Here we're joined now by the Rovers' dream team. That is Con Murphy and Graham Garland. It's Graham's debut on the podcast, so welcome to you, Graham. Thank you. And by Con, uh, Con, by my count, this is your fourth appearance. So I think you're challenging Jason Maloney at this stage for the record. Well, do you know something that makes me very proud, Carl? That makes, I, I, in fact, if I don't get some sort of commemorative medal or something, I'd be disappointed at this point. Patrick Ball. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd settle for that. He's overdue, yeah. Signed by you and, and Gary P. <laughs> so we're recording this interview prior to the Slovan second leg. Con, uh, you're jetting off to Tokyo in the morning, so it's going to be Des Curran up in the gantry with Graham tomorrow. Uh, you always be covering the the Olympics, con. Uh, so tell us about that. Yeah, um, I can't believe I'm deserting Graham after two matches. Sorry about <laughs> that, Graham. Um, yeah, I I didn't expect to be going this early um, because the first match I'm doing isn't until the 21st. So I thought I'd get the the Slovan match in, but um, I think with COVID and everything, they wanted people to go out a bit early, and we'd kind of have to not quite quarantine but more or less kind of spend a few days in the hotel room and not doing much else so um, that's why we're going out early and um, yeah so I'm dis- really disappointed to be missing the Slovan match and actually I'll be in the air so it's not I won't even be able to watch it live um, I'll be relying on the captain to give me score updates as Rovers are banging them in and and uh, hopefully anyway but um, yeah so that's that's yeah I'm off I'll be doing football out there without Graham as a co-commentator so it won't be as much fun but um, looking forward to it all the same and Graham um, you are head coach of the Rowers under 14s National League side the moment tell us about the role and how you're getting on this year um, yeah when I came back obviously I came back last summer and and, and all the roles were filled in, in the different uh teams and stuff so uh, my relationship with Shane had stayed intact from when we started to leave and so uh, to start to this year he just had, had asked me what what 
what team would interest me the most and uh, we had a discussion and I, I sort of said well I'd like to have an impact on the younger ones as much as possible so that we can um sort of integrate them into what we're looking for and, and, and try and make sure that the habits sometimes we see in the older groups aren't as prevalent if we can get them as early as we can. So yeah, we, we're, we're three games into our season. We've, we've, we've managed to perform well in probably two and a half of the games, which has been really pleasing, especially the game at the weekend. But we, we've a good, we've a good staff in terms of Pat Flynn is with me Um Paul Fox is with me. Stephen McGuire is with me. So Paul would be a 500-member club, and all his family would be. And obviously, everybody knows Pat. Um, it was funny because we were <laughs> the game had a little bit of indiscipline at, on Saturday, like you know, when we were saying. And I said, "Listen, lads, I I don't really know how to say this with a straight face, but you." Coming from me and Pat here, you probably need to keep your discipline a little bit better. <laughs> and we just started laughing. The two of us just laughed and the, all the players laughed, which so it meant they sort of, you could tell they probably looked up our disciplinary records between us. Um, but it's great to be able to have that sort of uh, relationship with them as well, that they can, they can laugh with it and things like that. So it's good. Like it's just, you've missed a year of football and, it's been tough for them so it's great that they're back together as a team and we're trying to keep them together as much as we can and obviously over the summer holidays trying to train them as much as we can but it's um we've put in a new curriculum as well this year which we've worked hard on in terms of how, how we can get as much um work into them as we can so that's been great um it's given it's given us a great template for all the coaches to work off so been really really enjoyable i have to say now so um long may continue so you're coaching a youth side at the moment. At one point, you were you had that sort of community role as well uh, at Raw was uh, a couple of years ago, and now you're an SRFC TV commentator. So you've worn many hats uh, at this club. How are you finding the commentary, and is it something you enjoy? Do you know what? I, I, I really enjoy it, and I know Con will probably get a little bit bashful here, but I was nervous on my first time doing it because it was it was new to me, and it was one of those well, if I've the way I look at it, if I'm nervous about it, it means I obviously care about it. So I might as well go and do it because it, if you know, go out of your comfort zone. Um, people had said to me, "Oh, you'd be good at it because I like talking about football." But I also, I think that just takes away from the work that you actually do to print to it. So Con Con was brilliant with me on the first the first game. Really, really good. Um, he had his notes, I had my notes, we worked together. He gave me an, a look when it was my time to talk. Um, he coached me through a lot of the stuff that day. Um, and it was just all it was, was just little looks to say, you're up, and then go and talk. And um, There was some de- self-deprecating humour, there was some other humour thrown in, there was stories thrown in, but um, like... I just I, I've known Con a long time because I, I I done some stuff years ago with him with RTE and he was always great with me. So sitting beside him, it, it I wasn't I didn't feel I had to impress him. I didn't feel I had to um, show him. Oh look how good I uh, look! I can talk and and you know and he made me feel such at ease. So yeah, it's just another thing that I've done for the club. But I, I just like I just like being busy and I like helping and. If this is helping the club again, it's just it's great to be able to do it. But um, 
again, that forced the first half, I was probably more nervous and, and it came across like that, having listened back. But the second half and having, I think we had some M&Ms and a, and a, a bottle of water at time, and we were grand then, you know. Yeah, that's by the way that story I was telling about him demanding the green M and M's is true, um, <laughs> but uh, I I have to say um, in all fairness um, when Graham said to me that it was the first time this was for the uh, Finn Harps match and he said this is the first time I've done this and I, I I was actually really surprised because he's been around so long I kind of just assumed that he would have done it before um, but I knew he'd be good because he's a great talker um, he's not at all shy, as everybody knows. Um, uh, but the other thing that struck me, especially during the Finn Harps match, uh, like by half time, was his actual tactical analysis of the game. Okay, we'll have a bit of crack and, you know, all that. But actually, his reading of the game um, was brilliant. And when, you know, Finn Harps were, made the tactical switch at half time, he's spotted it straight away and was able to explain it to people who were watching and stuff like that, which is, which is basically what his, his role is. I mean, I'm the guy who says Carl Riley has the ball on the right-hand side. He crosses and Con Murphy finishes. Graham is the guy who said how, you know, he, he, he's the one who's able to say they're using Carl Riley on the right because they're giving him too much space there. You know, he reads the game and analyzes it tactically and he does it brilliantly. And, um, so, yeah, I think we're we're really lucky to uh, have him. And um, I know Shane Robinson uh, did one game when Graham was away. I think he was back in Scotland. Um, and like Shane, again, is a great reader of the game. And But he's, he's, he'd be a different uh, communicator to, to Graham in that he, he doesn't have quite the same... I, th- I think he'd admit this himself, Graham, would he? That he, he wouldn't have the same kind of... <laughs> Yabber, if that's if there's such a word, um, he's a man but, of few words, Shane. But I mean, he still reads it really well. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you you, you put a microphone in front of Graham Garland and just press the button, and off he goes. And he, he's a dream co-commentator in that regard. There was a directive, wasn't it, that came down that like the commentators for these streams are supposed to remain unbiased. I think most people would agree that you have been. So Graham, you won't be doing a balls anytime soon. What are you shouting and screaming when a goal goes in for Rovers? No, I, 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 there was one. I know we, I, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not active as much um, as I used to be. I, I was obviously when I done the community job. A lot of it was to, to promote, especially the mental health side of it that we done, which was great work, um, and the schools and stuff. And I'm not as active anymore. And had I remember because I'm back up, dropped the direction now. When I was asked to do the drop of the game, and I just said for them, and I was like, no. I remember we were joking. You know, it's like I'm knocking back jobs here for this, you know. But um yeah, I I think we have to call as we see it. Like, and even when I think Dundalk, we I know Con had said Dundalk should have had a penalty, and I says I felt it probably was a penalty as well. Um what what I couldn't understand was like Colin, as we seen, it was like how he's given a free out. We just couldn't fathom. Um we it's it's tough because obviously I have a personal relationship with Stephen and the staff as well. So when I'm commenting on the games, I have to be very aware that I've I've grown up around Stephen and, I, and I'm an employee at the club as well as as a as a coach. So, but I think I can call it in a way that is not critical of the players or the staff. In that this is how the game has panned out. This is what's happened, and this is how you counteract it. Um, so what, like again, going back to the Finn Harps game or going back to the Dundalk game, like the the change in the, the 
the from <laughs> the Finn Harps to the Dundalk game was that Shamrock Rovers had a lot more runners from midfield. He had a lot more um, midfield being willing to run beyond the back line to disrupt it. Where again, when Danny Man, when Mandroyu and and Graham Bourke played, he liked to come towards the ball. Which, as a defensive player, I'm happy with them going that way because they're going away from me goal. So we were able to sort of analyse that. But um, obviously, we we spoke about Sean Grover's not sort of seen out games which had happened at home against Finn Harps and Drotta. But we're, we're, I'm sure Stephen, as a staff, will know that, well, that was an issue as well. And I thought he addressed that against Dundalk. And we were able to talk about it in a way that's basically un, not unbiased, but what we feel is 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 the right way to talk about it that we're not over the top I'm not screaming when like can't, the, the goals that we watched against Dundalk the first two were brilliant and as soon as you hear that I've gone goal and then Cons come in and gone oh what a goal and then when we got a chance to talk about it we, we were saying how we caressed it in and it was a it was a lovely goal so you're going to get excited when you see good goals but Pat Hoban's goal or Huben's goal was was a really, really good finish, and I expressed how it was a good finish that normally they should go across the goal, but he's held at the last minute and he's wrapped his foot round it. And Alamanis can do all he can there, and he's not saving it. So we're able to call it like that. Um, but yeah, I think we try. There's an element of it that I will always be slightly favour overs, which it's SRS, it's SRT. TV. So, and Con, in fairness to Con, Con has been a boy since he's because he's worked with RTE for the last 30 years as well, you know. Yeah, it's one of the things. I mean, as you say, Carl, a, a kind of a thing came down saying that the lead commentator should be um, unbiased. Uh, and if the co commentator leans a bit towards the home team, then that's going to be the way of it because in nearly every case, the co-commentator is going to be somebody who's involved with the club or has a relationship with the club. And, and we've seen that, I think, with almost every team in the in the league so far. Um, but like I was delighted, the um, Drogheda chairman after the game uh, sent a thing on Twitter saying that he thought the commentary had been very fair in the in the Rovers-Drogheda match. And, and I know a lot of Finn Harps fans um, were in touch afterwards as well, saying that it had been very even, very fair. So we do try, I mean, as, as Graham says, it is SRFC TV on LOI TV. So if you look at all the pre-match stuff, the halftime, post-match, it's all basically focused on uh, Rovers and, and that's what you'd expect as all the other clubs are focusing on their own clubs on their home matches um, and and some of them are doing doing a good very good job of it as well um, but I do think um, I had this discussion with Conan Byrne actually recently on um, our podcast am I allowed to mention that Carl? Sure go oh. ahead and <laughs> um, but uh, he was asking me about that, the whole co-commentator thing. And that came up because of the uh, the Bose game a few weeks ago when the co-commentator, I actually don't know who it was because I joined it late, but um, he was he was like a a fan, just cheering goals and, and stuff. Um, and I, look, uh, I'm going to, I don't want to, talk myself into trouble here but I, I i don't think that was great i i i do think stephen doyle who does their um who's the main commentator for bose is a very good commentator um and maybe they just it's something maybe that they need to to, to have a look at you've touched on there con that it's not just rowers fans it's fans of 
other clubs have been very complimentary towards the SRFC TV production as a whole in terms of its uh, professionalism. So it's been nice to hear that sort of feedback and people have responded to you two, uh, your chemistry, and have responded very well to you two so far. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's very satisfying because um, I know the, the club are, you know, putting um, a, a fair bit of resources into making sure that the product is good and they've uh, employed um, top people in terms of the production guys. Like they're the, the people that are working on SRFC uh, TV are the same people who will be working on something like the European Athletics Championships for RTE or, you know, they'd be doing um, the snooker from Sheffield or whatever. Like they're, they're top pros. They're really good. And I think that comes across in the, in the coverage that they've, they've got a lot of people like Kieran Holden is involved as well, who was uh, the head of sport in um, Virgin Media and very experienced uh, producer. Um, and so overall, I think, yeah, it's, it's very nice when people say nice stuff and, and like uh, working with Graham, I think Des Curran is going to have the same uh, pleasure as I have working with them. Like, again, I don't want to give him a big head, but he's, he's great to work with. Um, and, uh, yeah, the fact that, in fact, um, the, the fact that we're getting on well together has come across because Tony O'Donoghue was in touch with me and Tony always called himself my work wife in RTE for years. And then when I started doing the podcast with Conan Byrne, uh, Tony felt that I had deserted him for Conan. And now Conan thinks I've deserted him for Graham. So <laughs> that's all good. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he's, it's great working with, with Graham and I, I'm looking forward to it when I get back. Yeah, Graham, same question to you. Have you had some nice feedback so far? And like Con says, a lot of prep goes into this whole production, isn't it? Even from the beginning of the day up to the end of the night. Yeah, again, you mentioned Kieran. Kieran's been been really good with me as well off off camera. He'd come and give me pointers. You know, I've no problem mentioning them here because that's how you learn. Like, but <laughs> the one of the ones we have a problem that I've an issue with was I call off sides before the actual flag goes up, and um, it was just a habit I have. Is when I watch football, I go, "That's offside," and and the flag will. And in fairness, Kieran was like, "Yeah, you haven't got one wrong, but." we need to commentate on that and then go, oh, but the flag's gone up. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. That's, again, a learning curve for me. So dealing with these people that have actually been in this game a lot longer than me, um, it, it, it's great for me to obviously grow as a, as a co-commentator. Um, so in that sense, it's invaluable that you're dealing with the likes of Khan and, and Kieran that are able to go, there you go. I spoke to Khan going into the Finn Harps game. He gives me the rundown. I go and do my research. I watch the, I watch the previous games for the teams, uh, for the opposition. I watch their previous games. I'm able to say, well, I know exactly. Yeah, Khan, they played that formation the last game. They switched to that when the game went like this. It looks like they've gone and done it again. Um, in terms of the feedback, I had a fella stop me in the street, say, listen, your commentary has been really good. I, I was a bit... I was a little bit apprehensive about doing it. Reason being was because when you look and, and you see, uh, uh, like you see the stick that probably previous co-commentators were got that would have had brilliant careers that were always the likes of Mick Bourne and and, and Pat. Pat Bourne were getting stick and I was thinking, are they going to crucify me here? Because <laughs> um, of the careers that they had, I thought, like, you know, Rovers fans can be ruthless at times. So 
that element was, I thought, am I, am I opening myself up here for for abuse? But to be honest, I just speak the way I, I'd speak when I'm speaking about football. I don't try and, again, I, I, I don't try and be overly tactical and, and use coaching jargon that I wouldn't use when I'm describing football to the, the players that I coach. I don't, I don't talk about double pivots or single pivots or, you know, sent up, you know, certain positions that people trying to come across like, uh, I understand the game here. I, I'll say, like, if he needs to get across and make a header, he needs to get across and make a header or that one needs to go. But the feedback has been great. And uh, again, just from people saying it to me, even when in the club, I, I, I'd be quite a lot more insular than I used to be around the social media side of the, the, the things. But um, from from Khan sending me a message after the first night to um, the feedback from other people after it saying, listen, this has gone down really well. Would you be would you be keen to do more, as many games as we can? And I was like, yes, I would. So obviously they're not asking you back if you've done a bad job. So um, yeah, it's it's been it's been sort of a lot of positivity around it, which has been good and it gives you that little bit of you look forward to going to the games as well, that you're in a good position to to watch them too. It's a great place to watch the match, Graham, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, position A really in the stadium. Yeah, that, you're standing up there, it's great. And like me and him, we, we ended up having matching Tommy Hilfiger jumpers on last week, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was late and he says to me, sorry, we were waiting on Graham, he was late. And I says, that's not the first time you've commented like that. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know something? We were going on air last um, for the Dundalk match and... Um, We've one of these countdown things, you know, two minutes to air. Okay, coming up, 60 seconds. And 60 seconds, and there's still no sign of Graham, and I'm meant to be talking to him at the start. And uh, anyway, you arrived with about 35 seconds to go or something like that, so you got there in the end. But the other thing, Carl, that that some people wouldn't maybe know, when we're doing the commentary, uh, there's a director uh, who has a, a button that he presses to talk to you and um, some directors leave it open. I, as a kind of somebody who's been commentating for a while now, I, I don't mind if they leave it open all the time because you just hear them saying, you know, camera one, camera two, zoom in on Richie Tell, you know, give me a crowd shot. Uh, let's see Stephen Bradley, all that kind of stuff. So that's all going on in your ear while you're talking. And um, sometimes Graham will get that in his headphones as well. And so he's trying to make a point or talk to me about something and, and, and you've still got the director saying, camera two, can you close in a bit there on Aaron Green or whatever? And to try and keep your train of thought and keep talking normally while all that stuff is going on in your uh, headphones is like for an experienced broadcaster, it takes a while to get used to. But he's taken to it like a fish to water. You know, he's very fluent and, and it's not putting him off at all. It's very good. So we don't know at the moment as we're speaking if Rovers got true or not against Slovan, but... Even if we do end up in the Europa Conference in a few times, Graham, do you think Europe has suited this team in the last couple of years? And that's why we've seen, you know, big wins in Tala and also why we gave Mighty Milan even a good go as well. Yeah, I do. I, I, I think Stephen has... I, I, I played with Stephen in European games and it was he probably excelled in them in his time at Trotter because he had a bravery about him to play. And I think he's he's encouraged his team to do that. I think I, I'd be remiss to not mention the fact that 
for the last two years, you, you probably had one of the top players in the country playing for Rovers in Europe, and he had that. Uh, that be Jack Bourne. Jack Jack had that ability to relieve pressure from, especially in possession, that he come and collect and he play and he was willing to take touches on the ball and he had a bravado about him as if, well, like what's the big deal here? From from European games before, you, what happens is you're so apprehensive when they have the ball and you're 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 so concentrated and mentally so switched on that. When you win the ball back, you think that's your time to rest. You think, oh, we've won it, we can relax. But it's actually not. That's the moment when you need to switch on again and go, right, well, we need to work here. We need to work the opposition. We need to work on the ball. And I think Shamrock Rose have done that really well. Um, I think they've they've a lot of good players that are really good at collecting the ball and in possession. But what what I've highlighted on on the games before Shamrock Rovers have an awful lot of pace at the back, which allows them to squeeze the game high. Very rarely you see them ever being run. Very rarely you see teams get down probably over the top of them um, and get clear runs on goal. Um, Lopez, Hoare, uh, Lee Grace, Joey has experience in it. I'm not saying he's not he's slow, but he's, he's, he wouldn't be as quick as the other three. So they have a lot, an awful lot of recovery pace. And, that, and because of the system they play, they're able to then go, do you know what, we're under the cost for 10 minutes, we'll just play with five. We don't need to play a three, we don't need to play a three, four, three. We'll just switch into a, into a five at the back and, and they're able to withstand it. But um, obviously we don't know how the game's going to go tomorrow night. Um, I thought against Milan, I was at the game. I thought, um, I thought the it's again it's a cliche but they gave a good account of themselves they showed that they could play at times and Milan obviously go on and go very far in the tournament but I do think they've they've had a good go in Europe and, and I, I do think that the way the the way the European setup is laid up it's it's allowed them to have good little runs and play against teams that would be equally matched and and um, the games in Tala have really helped them grow over the line with the atmosphere there Con, you were commentating with uh, with Robbo, weren't you, for the Ilves game in Tala, the twenty six penalty shootout Jesus, marathon. Don't, don't mention it. Don't mention it. I remember. I remember when uh, you saw the fans on the wall, and Robbo just says, "The fans are growing here, Con." But uh, Graham, I don't know where you were watching the match, but when you were watching this, did just bring back memories to you of Drogheda against yeah, the Norwegians yeah, in the yeah. Cup? I think Jonathan. I think Jonathan Roach texted me as well then. Say so is this bringing back memories? And I was like, "Yeah, ones that I'd rather forget." Obviously, <laughs> um, but it did. Yeah, that's exactly it. And Shane was the same. The Shane was involved in it. Stephen was involved in it. And then I met Stephen, and Stephen said the same. He says, "Gareth," he, he said to me, "Was thinking of you halfway through the pen to shoot." I was said, "This happened to us, Gareth Smith." And yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it was. You watch even penalties now. I don't comment on them. People say to me, what would you have done or what do you think? And I go, I don't get involved in it. Like I just go, even watching the penalty shootout last night with my wife, she's like, oh, what do you think of that? And I ah, don't get involved in them. The one thing I won't, is the one thing I try not to comment on. I'll say, <laughs> what do you think of that penalty? If it goes in, it's a good penalty. That's the way I look at it now. For, for people who don't remember what happened in that Drogheda penalty shootout, what happened, Graham? So I took the first penalty. I I stepped. I I walked over and said, "I'll take the first one." Um, 
we had had a penalty shootout in Derry in the League Cup and I'd take him on and I'd scored and I said, I'll take the first one. And because I knew it, like, just like, even you hear Ray Keane saying about, I knew if I, I knew if I missed, I could take it type of thing. Like, so I just says, I'll take the first one. And then I missed, uh, one of them missed, and I went all the way back around to me and I missed again. And then they Did you go the same side or what, what happened? No, I, 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 I laced like I, the first one I no, I normally go across myself. I tried to left foot and I try and go there. And I, I, I went high against Derry on his side netting. And I thought I took a little bit off and the keeper got down and saved it. And the second one, I took a longer run up and just laced it. And in fairness, it was a good strike, but it was just a bit too close to him and I hit and I hit his arm and went up and that was it. And then, you know, I never took a penalty again until I signed for Rovers and we got Clift, I think it was, was a Cliftonville in the Satanta Cup. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And had a very young team out and Stephen said, Stephen Kenny just said to me, Who, who's taking penalties? And I looked around and likes of Sean Gannam are playing. The kids, Jack, Jack Memory, with a very young squad and I just was like, oh, I'll take one. And I was like, I was honest, I was just they're all flooded back and I was like and I scored and then we scored we, we knocked out bows in in Tala in the game as well in a in another one another penalty shootout in Tala we had against bows that year and uh, they were like go on up again and I was like oh, just didn't want to go near them but I scored and that was it then if I haven't gone near them I just try and stay away from them it's hard like it's hard because it was. I don't have, I don't have many bad sort of tough times in football. A lot of it was because I was in a good situation to get there, but that one was tough. Like you know, um, it was a yeah, it was a couple of, you know, sleepless nights over that one, Ari. And that was my next question about uh, you returning to Rovers in 2012. I heard you speak about it on uh, another podcast recently. And you you had obviously had a great career to that point domestically and in Scotland, but you obviously felt that when you came home to Rovers, you didn't do yourself justice. I did, yeah, I didn't. I again, I try. I probably tried too hard, and I know that sounds terrible. Like, but I wanted to show everybody how much it meant to me to play, because I'm actually proud of being from Tala. Like. If anyone asks me where you're from, I say Tala. We were at a luncheon years ago. <laughs> I never. We were at an end of season luncheon in town, and these two comedians were up, and they were asking, "Who? Where are these all from?" And he's like, "Rovers." He's Tala, like, and like, yeah. And a few lads said, "Whereabouts in Tala?" And he's from Jobstown, and I just went, "Oh, I am." Like, you know. And everyone just looked, and the whole room went quiet. And I'd never deny it because I think it's a success. The story to go well to show other people, well, he, he's from there, he came out, and my family are the same, so I just wanted to, again, it was, Michael had just left, Stephen had come in, the squad wasn't great, in terms of, as a togetherness, I was, I had probably two epidurals, and ended up getting me a disc drained on my back, I was trying to play through it, I wasn't telling anybody, because I just wanted to play, um, it was just, it was it was the point they called it. I was at the point of diminished returns where no matter how much I tried and how hard I wanted it, it just was never going to happen. And 
it wasn't through lack of effort. It wasn't through lack of care. It was, you know, I'd come home and train and I'd go down to the gym in the Maldron. I'd work out there. I'd, I was around talent every day. It was just, it was just one of those. I just wasn't able to perform. But it frustrates you because I was talking to Pat Flynn about this at the weekend. Up until, up, like when I left Trotter, like I, I, we had, the club and myself had won everything by the time I was 24, like, you know. So then I had I went to Scotland to see, could I see what it was like over there and try and play again at the highest level I could. And the only club I was coming back to was Rovers. There was other clubs that wanted me to stay. Mm. And I I, turned, I I said, I want to come back to Rovers. But that was a really tough year. Like like, like one of the mornings, I'll never forget one of the mornings we were training out in the AUL. Like, and four lads didn't turn up for training. Like, on a Sunday morning, and I'm going like, you, this isn't, this isn't the way it should be. We had to draft in a kid from like an under sixteen Stella Maris team came to train just so we could play a ten v ten game. Like, and I was like, and then, but you're, I'm the one getting sticked because I'm a local lad who's, and where the club's not going well, and I'm getting stick, and I'm, and, I, and I'm looking going. He's winding me up here, like you know, you don't really know what's going on, but it's no lack of effort on my point, or it's no lack of professionalism from my part. So, um, yeah, it was it, it was tough because I wanted it to go well and I wanted to play a lot longer at the club and I wanted to finish my career at Rovers and, and just walk away on my terms. But, um, listen, that's just the way it goes, that's football sometimes. I told Con I'd I'd open up the floor to him at the end. Con, do you want to ask Graham anything about what he just said there, or in general? Yeah. Well, the, by the way, the one thing I would say about Jobstown is one of the best football uh, directors in RTE is Kevin O'Connell, who's from yeah. Jobstown. Uh, Kevin used to be a kids' TV presenter. Do you know him, Carl at all? I don't think so. No. Little Kev. Uh, yeah, I he know. was a. Uh, Cocky little on, kids uh, on, TV I presenter. On his, uh, I was on his Fizzy Quiz show and I was That's right. <laughs> and I was on, and I was on another thing with him. Yeah, Kev, my brother was good friends from really good. Yeah, friend. yeah. Well, he's he's now directing matches and he's brilliant because he understands football and he knows yeah. the game and that helps when you're a director. So so that's the only other person from Jobstown that I know, but he's great. Um, I suppose. Is Stephen from Jobstown as well? He's from across the road, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's good stock then. Good stock. Yeah. Um, just, I'm just thinking of how lucky those under 14s are to have people like Pat Flynn and yourself coaching them, um, like with the experience that you bring to bear. Like you've coached at the, the, the highest level. Um, they're, they're, like they're lucky, but I presume they are very good young players as well. Is, is there a, a system where they're basically the cream of the crop come to Rovers? Yeah, but like again, it's it, you can take you could take probably the best, but we try and bring like there's lads that in my in the 14s group that have been at the club since they're eight or nine, and we and they'll stay with us. Um, there's lads that would talent wise wouldn't be as high as other teams, but attitude wise we will keep them. So it's not a case that we just go out and get the best because sometimes the best will have a, a thing where it has to be all around them and we're trying to make it all around the club and, and yeah. about the team force. Like we have a, a group has a saying, we've a couple of sayings that we've we've tried and implement is, you know, we before me. Um, 
And one of the things that I introduced last year to, to a lot of the groups was that pressure is a privilege. Like, so when you're, when you're playing for overs and every team wants to beat you and every team's trying to knock you off, you're, like they're, they're playing flat out against you. Well, that's actually a good thing because now you have to be at your best and you have to play at a constant level and that type of thing of, I'd rather be under pressure to win game or under not under pressure in terms of the 14, but I'd rather have an element of we need to perform. We need to perform because we know that they're going to be at their best against us. And I'd rather have that sort of pressure on them that for any walk of life, when you walk into a building or any job, you have to be, well, I have to show you what I'm capable of doing. And to have that on you constantly in a good way, and that's what we're trying to say to them. Don't shy away from the fact that you're playing against teams that are going to play flat out against you. Don't say, oh, they're only trying harder because it's against Rowers. Yeah, well, that's mm. the way it goes. Deal yeah. with So that type of thing and, and building their resilience and building their, their character first. So, yeah, we do We do have, like, in terms of even the, the international size, we'd have probably seven or eight or nine in it. Um, that's great. Um, and it's great, but it's just trying to build them as people as well. Like, and that's that's the biggest thing for me. Like, you know, how good a teammate can you be? Like, how, and again, this is taking my ego over because I, I and this is something I've learned as a coach, and I'm, and I share which is I used to love that when I was coaching them, they'd be like, "Oh, it's Graham," and they'd be bubbly and be great, and they'd be, "Oh, Graham's here," and I, and I actually had to park that because I wanted them to be coachable for everybody. I don't want them just to perform when I'm there. I want them to perform no matter who their coach is because I won't always be their coach. So you have to park that even bit of an ego that you have to go, no, no, you just need to be able to play no matter who's in charge or who's involved and play for different coaches, some that you like, some that you don't. So that type of stuff we're trying to print to them as well as the technical side of the game. Have only I time about, for one very quick 60, question? Only Carol. about 60 seconds left on the, on the meeting here, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, so then the question will have to hold to another day. Yeah. Basically, my question was going to be, and Graham, you'll come back maybe on, maybe on the commentary and tell us about this. You were talking about habits that you're trying to install in the young lads now that some yeah. of the older fellas have. And I'm wondering what the habits the older fellas have that you want the young fellas to avoid. But it, you're not going to have time to answer. Sorry, Carl. We'll have to do a part two, Con. Because uh, no, it's very enjoyable, lads. Thanks so much for joining me. I uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, keep up the magic. It's working, whatever you're doing so far. Keep it up. I'm going to miss you tomorrow, Con. Uh, Desi's a great man to be working with as well, Graham. You'll be grand. Just Cheers. Be. Best of luck with it. Thanks, lads. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Pleasure. Thank you. See you. See you, Carl. So the two boys, bro, absolutely brilliant stuff again. I just, you know what? Con, Con took over that interview, by the way. I was sitting there listening to it and I was like, hold on, is this, is this LOI? arena it's like is this his pocket he just takes he has that voice yeah. he just dominates the airwaves and Graham Garland like I said brilliant very listenable very humble willing to learn great great combo great duo best duo since Twiggy and Baker yeah I absolutely love that interview that's the first time that the zoom limitations caught up to me now it closed in on me uh, but like I said definitely getting them on again because it was class loads more we can talk about I was going to ask Con if you could believe that he was watching Kalini in uh, Modena 11 years ago and there he is still going strong winning the Euros with Italy nuts isn't it and I'd say Graham as a former defender I'd say he loves Kalini man who just loves defending and above anything else just loves defending celebrates a tackle like a goal 
just loves yeah. it yeah love his personality as well like we talked last week the, the, the joking before the, the coin toss and all. I love that stuff I, I was also thinking um, what what did you watch during the Euro final like did you watch RTE BB, oh, I always watch RT. I always watch RT. But I couldn't actually yeah. get. I saw you talking about Keen. Yeah. I couldn't find ITV. So I just went with RT. I just went yeah. with them. I switched between them. BBC had just had this blind patriotism, which I just find funny. Oh, it's mad. Like, they did a whole um, Badil and Skinner. That's where they did the song Football's Coming Yeah, home. I saw that. I actually saw that briefly at the yeah. start. It was a yeah. start, wasn't it? That was actually good. I like that. How yeah. odd is. How oddly shaped is Skinner's head? It is strange. Have you noticed it? Do you remember Hey Arnold? Yeah. Isn't he quite like that? Or like a massive grape. Yeah. Like he's got a mad grape head. But you probably saw this because it went viral on uh, social media. But uh, when England scored, <coughs> Roy Keane was given out that Gary Neville and Ian Wright had knocked over his coffee and uh, knocked over his notes because they were celebrating so much in the studio. <laughs> in ITV. <laughs> and then... I saw it on Twitter earlier. I just looked it up. And you just see the two lads going mad, like jumping up and down. And you just see Keane slowly going over, grabbing the cup, getting it to safety. <laughs> <laughs> just no emotion. And so I was just thinking, like, Conan Graham. Not the biggest space in the world up in that gantry. I wonder, is there any tetchy moments between the two of them? Or could there be in future, you know? Like knocking oh, over a coffee cup or something. I don't know. I think that, I yeah. think, no, they're both rovers, aren't they? That's yeah. that's the ultimate pull together, isn't it? They're <laughs> both rovers, whereas the lads yeah. aren't in the studio, you know? They're getting along famously so far, so. It's been brilliant, yeah. Keep it up, because they're brilliant. Absolutely the fantastic stuff. And like I said, I was only talking about trying to twin them. And there's not much in the difference as regards to the stream, the... I think there could be 30 seconds to a minute max on the, on the, li- on the live stream to actual time. It's brilliant. Like It's mm. really close. So, yeah, great stuff and fantastic and we hope to see more of them. So, Prof, next up, it is Jim Conroy starting 11s and predictions. <laughs> Struggling with this one, Prof. I'm going to go Manus. What Manus. else is a new girl? It is a tr- it's a tough one this week because we've we've full squad. I'll just give you a heads up. We have two suspensions. Oh, go go on. Sean Hoare and Chris McCann. Right, neither of them are in my team. <laughs> yeah. So Manus, Grace, Pico, Joey, right? See, I'm still thinking I could, I could play Greener on the left. But then you're going to take out centre half. But Grace has been playing well. I want to keep that momentum going. Grace is a foreign player, isn't he? Well, I, I don't want to change that back five yeah. after yeah. Tuesday. So, Manus, Grace, Pico, Joey. We've got Finn on the right, Scales on the left. Gary O'Neill and Tell in the middle. That's the partnership I think is going to flourish. I'm going to go Watts, Gaffney, Mandroyo. Mm-hmm. Greenart and Bork on the bench. Um, I'm thinking Bork's going to be a good impact player. So I want to see how we play with Gaffney, Mandrew and, Bor- and, and Watts up top. Right? I want to see. Oh, I personally, from my own interest, I want to see how differently we play without Bork, and I want to see if it's true the form that he does slow us down. And this is a very, very strong team. Gary O'Neill, Tell, Mandrew, Watts, Gaffney, all forming our attack. I think that's really, really interesting. So just to confirm, Gary, you are dropping Graham Burke at the Brandywell for the second time this season after he scored well, from the halfway you line. never know bro. you never know you never know <laughs> can, I, can we just lock that in Gary? can we lock it in please you're dropping lock him in. again in Derry listen Brad's listens <laughs> you know what I mean 
But I just think, I think, I think yeah. with the pace of and the way Mandrew can run up players, I don't think we need two of them with Borgie. And the both of them are kind of similar, where they would both be drawn into each other more than anything. Whereas I think Watts is a different style of player to Mandrew, and I don't think we can have Mandrew and Bork in the same team at the minute. I'm happy enough with Watts getting back into the team, starting and having impact subs like Gaffney or like Greener and and Bork on the bench. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to bring in Watts for Mandroyu. Oh, okay, okay. I'm leaving Berkey there. So you're Borky. So you're Borky, Gaffney, Mandroyu. No, Borky, Gaffney, Watts. Mm-hmm. Scales, Gary O'Neill, Tell, Finn, Grace Beagle, Joey Man. And I hope we can hear Ray Whedon on the stream shouting, Shoot! <laughs> Anytime Berkey gets the ball on the halfway line. Uh, for our yeah. predictions, Prof, I'm going to go sneaky 1 0. A sneaky 1 With Gaffney to, to gallop his way to a goal. We've won on each of our last five visits oh, to the Brandy Well, Garrett. Go. Here we go. Here we go. We all know it, Garrett. Here we go. It's not news, is it? Come on, give me your prediction. Ah, two nil then, two nil win. Okay, that's it. That's what I love here. So um, yeah, so Slovan, that was Pico's 150th game for Rovers. And this Friday we have another milestone: Aaron Green's 100th league game for the club. Oh, tempted yep. now, tempted mm. now. I'm gonna throw it in actually. Green are to come out the bench and score. Yes. Well, it's 100, well, it's 100 league, league appearance fantastic stuff I don't I don't have a stats section today as such but I do have a random observation oh I like them right this is very random now but I've been meaning to bring this up for a while league race does not have a wikipedia page get on that prof will you Robert Goggins that's what Goggledino needs to get on that if you look at our former player of the year list right Every single player, as far back as the first one, mm-hmm. uh, Robbie Gaffney in 1980, they all have a Wikipedia, Wikipedia page except two, Matt Britton and Lee Grace. The, the Gogstar's going to get on that. You know for a fact. He's going to listen to this out walking the dog. When you get home, he'll, he'll knock it out in a minute. This man is a League and Cup champion. And he's starting to bring, come to form as well. He's so. from Tipperary. How many footballers are there from Tipperary who are League and Cup champions? Fuck off. Fuck off. But that's the thing as well. See, we're going to have to approach the, what style are they going to come with as well. Are they going to sit back and hit us on the counter and let us do what we normally do and play in front of them and try and hit mm. us at home? They've no patching. Um, Akintunde is probably one of their better players. I like Owen Tall at centre-half. Here at Salford are interested in them. Couple of good players, but I think overall we should be able to beat these up here. Considering we usually kick on after Europe, I'm hoping this is our little little booster. Go up there, and if we go up here and beat these, we could go on a nice run, start clicking. I'm a little nervous about this one, but mm. I am as well. But we we always play so well on this pitch, mm. like every time. It is. So I'm confident that of a good performance. So I think we can do it. I think bit, we'll do it. Bit of luck, we should win. That's it. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. As usual, we are on Twitter at Eastand Pod, Instagram Tales from the Eastand, and Riley Parsons on Facebook. So get in touch if you have any queries, and hopefully we take three points down from the Brandywell. And keep on hooping. See ya. There was music there in the dairy like a language that we all put on. I remember the day that I earned
first faith When I played in a small pickup band There I spent my youth And to tell you the truth I was sad to leave it all behind me learned about life and I found a wife in the town 